Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, welcome. I'm Harmony. I'm so happy that you're here joining us today and listening to this wonderful episode. Today, our guest is Jeanette Keene, and you are going to love this conversation. We're going to talk about business as a yoga teacher, as a dance teacher, um, marketing, the changing environment of online teaching. We're going to talk about uh, being a mom, being a working mom, a practicing mom, how that affects everything, um, as well as look at the ins and outs of, of trying to balance so many things, you know, being a mother, owning your own business, working in the business, working on the business, um, you know, leaving a career to start your own business and how practice ties all of this together and how important it is to keep your own practice uh, strong and established. A little reminder as well that Ancient Breathing 2.0, my course on pranayama, my in-depth course, will be closing its doors coming up here soon. So get in there, sign up. Um, I would love to have you on the course to explore pranayama more with you and help you develop your very own personal practice. You'll get direct guidance from me and I just would love for you to join. So um, catch the link in my bio, in my show notes or in my bio on Instagram or also on my website harmonyslater.com to sign up. And I'm excited to also let you know that B-School will be opening up in a couple of weeks here, and I will again be offering my mastermind bonuses um, for B-School with Marie Forleo. Um, So please get on my wait list, sign up through me, and you will get some amazing uh, B-School bonuses in addition to the actual B-School program and all of Marie Forleo's bonuses as well. So uh, it's a win-win for everyone, and I'm excited to uh, offer this amazing mastermind again, as well as my Pranayama course, two different programs for you to um, connect with me over the next couple of months. That's the best way to work with me is either inside Ancient Breathing 2.0 or uh, through B-School. So I'd love for you to join. And when you become um, a B-School student, you will also get the amazing bonus of an annual membership with the Finding Harmony Inner Circle. So one other big bonus when you become, um, join B-School with me and Marie Forleo coming up this year. It's only going to be offered one time. This is the only time to jump in. So get on my wait list. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to Jeanette. This is a fun conversation. We're going all different places with it. It is deep and it is going to enrich your life. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I am so thrilled that you are joining us today because I'm here with Russell Case. You know, um, <laughs> Harmony, Valerie Swift, who's the founder of our uh, 
Finding Harmony podcast uh, fan yeah. club. Yes, the fan club. Um, she asked that, uh, you know, th- she felt like the ads were very informative. Do you remember when we did Dos Equis and they... We did a Dos Equis they ad, They gave yeah. us $10,000. <laughs> I got wish, them, yeah. And they got themselves <laughs> on the radio. Uh, so we've been asked... Um, so I went looking because Valerie thought it would be helpful uh-huh. um, to bring more revenue into the fan club. Right. Yeah. And so I found all the this revenue w- goes to the fan club. Well, it's yeah, they do a lot of good work. Um, the what I found on YouTube online yoga teaching, uh-huh. and I thought that might be informative for our audience. And they they offered us um, forty five dollars to the to do this spot. Um, <laughs> A complete Iyengar Hatha mixed flow sequence, yeah, including exploration of deep hips, shoulders, chair backbends, and full inversions, sharing 30 years of experience, sharing fun techniques and rare alignments made with love. Uh, we have a guest, Jeanette. You've done a fair bit of that yourself, haven't you? <laughs> you've done a bit I of Iyengar ha- Hatha mixed flow. Iyengar yeah. Hatha mixed flow. No. <laughs> That's nice. That's how you was, started, right? With Iyengar yeah, Hatha yeah, Mixed yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that in a questionnaire to me and I thought, well, I'll go find them, you know, especially because we need the ad revenue. So that's good. Yeah. Well, we're joined today by Jeanette Keen. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. You just got off your Iyengar Hatha Mixed Flow I did. Yeah. Routine. Podcast, right? Routine, yeah. yes. <laughs> Yes, lots of oh, straps goodness. and blocks and oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we're having a fine chat before the podcast started about your Canadian Irish accent. Yes, it's it, um... uh, it's it's bizarre, it's isn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I want to add in some more Irish lilts to my lingo. Well, I you know we should really introduce <laughs> Jeanette to our to Martha, who's listening from Florida. Um, <laughs> Jeanette is a, a Canadian living in Ireland, passionate about dance, dance, health, innovation, and exploration of ideas. You're a communications and marketing manager for dance, or maybe you were, uh, for Dance Ireland. That was from your Twitter feed. Are, did, have you updated your Twitter bio? I haven't. Well, there's two Twitter accounts there, so I'd be a little bit interested to know what Twitter account you're looking at, but um, there's some interesting that stuff. Not, on- that's not you? Yes, that one would be me, but I'm I'm wondering. Oh, yeah, that is me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you still so, the communications and marketing manager for Dance Island? No, I'm now oh. more freelance, working for a couple of companies. Okay. As, yes. As communications and marketing managers for both. Yes. Of them? I don't know. Yes, advising, okay. building, strategizing. Amazing. It's all very exciting. And. Mm-hmm. And you have some kind of Ashtanga yoga background as well. Yes. Yes. I'm <laughs> practicing Ashtanga as well. <laughs> um, so how, what, what's going on here? How did the two of you know each other? Well, we met through B-School. Jeanette came and was enrolled in B-School and was in my mastermind. Bus- business school. Yeah, it's Marie Forleo's B-School. That's how we met. But we have the Ashtanga connection and the dance connection and the Canada connection. And that's there an accredited go. institution, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a new one. 
It's a new one. Yes. Okay. Accredited by reputation. All right. That's <laughs> exciting. And so you have a classical ballet background. Yeah. So I guess that's where a lot of my movement really started from is I started dancing when I was six. And then from there, just things grew and flourished and was dancing a lot when I was from probably the age of 12, 13. Um, and then just continued in professional studies and dancing professionally, um, taught, performed everything. And then, yeah. It's all in Toronto? It was all in Toronto. And then I danced a bit here in Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. So whenever they'd need a dancer, they would just call me and say, can you come? And I'm like, okay, learn the choreography and just do it. That's um, amazing. Yeah, it was Dancer kind of for hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have one of those like savant skills where you can pick up the the choreography quickly? Yeah, it was kind of oh. a couple of situations like that. And um, I wasn't dancing very much anymore. Actually, there was a funny story. When I came over here, I came over just to teach. And I was working in an art gallery, in the Crawford Art Gallery. As a dancer? <laughs> no, as I was doing a development and marketing work for them. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. And okay. my brother was coming over and I said, I need my point shoes and my, my, my pink ballet tights. Um, cause I've asked, been asked by a company here to perform the Nutcracker. So I need my stuff. So there was my brother. He was about 18 coming over in a suitcase with like my point shoes and pink ballet tights, which I think he was <laughs> mortified because I think he got yeah. pulled over and got his bags checked. And Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was <laughs> a bit of explaining to do. But anyhow. He's like, those are for my sister. <laughs> yeah, really. Honestly, they really are. Did you do any dancing with the National Ballet? I didn't. No, not with the National. No. Yeah, they're pretty pretty big in the, Canada. Yeah. The nation of Canada, the national. Uh, yeah. National. Uh, did you do any dancing? With no, the, I never danced with no. the national ballet. Either. So just so I can, I can, I can just sort of place the two of you. Is she a bit more accomplished than you, or vice versa? Like, which one of you is like the alpha here? In the uh, I think it, well, Jeanette would definitely be the dancing alpha. Really, and yeah. I think Harmony's definitely. <laughs> The yoga alpha. The yoga alpha. That's a funny thing to say in your throat. A yoga alpha. The yoga alpha. (laughs) Yeah, like Dina Kingsburg's kind of a yoga alpha. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so, so you're a you're professional, but you're not in the national. So, like, is that like, is that like, um, well, there's lots of dancing in the minor leagues, but not quite in the majors? Like, where? No, no, no. There's lots go- of different dance companies. No, no, that's, that's a pretty good way of putting it, I think, as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're so- no, I started to choreograph quite a bit. I started to choreograph and we started a festival of choreography. Oh, wow. And um, so it went on for about three years, in which there was a few of us that got together to produce that in Toronto. Um, and that actually continued on for a couple of years after I came over here as well. Mm-hmm. But I think then I got really interested in the whole aspect of business side of dance. Um, and that I think then just sort of led on to other things as well in the area. Yeah, I was going to ask, cause you're doing communications and, um, marketing, for dance companies, did you just develop those skills like organically or did you take some courses? 
Did you do university? For yeah. That? So it was a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a bit of both. I started working for an arts consulting company, Genovese Vanderhoof and Associates in Toronto. And they were just really amazing as, as mentors in developing my career. Mm-hmm. And through them, I was working with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra as well. Wow. And then that's when I really honed a lot of skills and, you know, philanthropic donations and marketing and communications and things flourished from there, really, in terms of other opportunities opened up yeah. through that experience. But at the same time, though, I was still teaching and still dancing and practicing. So I had both sides going because I felt that I really needed both the physical aspect of things as well as the making things happen, putting the show, like right, bringing, bringing dance to people in other ways, bringing movement to people in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. Goodness, that so seems it's sort like of, um, double the amount of work though, doesn't it? <laughs> it was actually because like you're bringing movement and dance to people in the studio, but then you're also bringing it to them on stage as well. Yeah. And then you're also advertising to get them into the theater to you're view. Pro- That's it. You're promoting all of that as yeah. well. And so you really need to, that language really needs to be there in terms of what it is that you're what you're offering, Mm -hmm. right? What it is that you're doing and what it is that you want to be doing and why people should engage with what you're doing or what someone else is doing and why it's good for them, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And copywriting is quite a skill as well that you have to kind of just keep practicing over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think as well, it's sort of like, we probably talked about this quite a bit, Harmony, as well, back in September about Knowing, knowing what you're doing, knowing your audience, who it's for, mm-hmm. and why it's relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like when you're practicing, you know why you're doing it. You have a sense of why other people should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to share that with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's that sort of thing of knowing what you're doing so well that you can bring other people into yeah. the fold as well. This is really the, this is the, this is the part that's the most infuriating for me about the, the yoga <laughs> is the, um, is the necessity to kind of organize yourself to get other people to come to your mm. class. Yeah. When you run your own studio or your own online classes or your own Bus- classes, it's a, that's it's a business. What, that's what I mean. You have to be organized. It's a business. <laughs> yeah. And, but I just, you know, I I just wanted to like teach. Yeah, you just wanted to show up and be the superstar. Superstar, my aunt. I was just like doing the <laughs> the the job. You know, you, like you wander around and you make people. Yeah, that's work, feel that's working for the man. Feel amazing. Yeah. You know, the man feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, then uh, then you got to go home and like you got to want to you want to take a nap. Yeah. You know, make love. You know, and then like get something to eat. Go to bed early. Well, you know, like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And then like, you know, wake up and eat again. But I, I like what, but you're like working the whole time that I'm doing that. Yeah. And I just like, I I don't, I've never been really very fond of it. A lot of yoga teachers aren't fond of that part of the business. The, like the business part. The business part of the business. <laughs> business part. The business part of the business. Yeah. But you see though, like there's so much, I, there's so much, uh, out there right now and I guess that's the whole thing that's it's like trying to like 
cut through all of yeah. that is a big thing now for people, isn't yeah. it? And knowing what you're offering is different from somebody else's or why you're doing what you're doing versus what someone else is doing. Um, and I guess that's a big thing. If you can, if you're in with a great big studio, great, then they, they're responsible for all the marketing and the promotions and yeah, getting people in. And you might do the odd post and say like, I'm over here, come follow me or right, come take my class. Idea. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but right now in this day and age, yeah. it's really like, it's a lot of self-promotion it now, isn't those it? those big studios are like kind of far and few between these days. They are absolutely. I have to say that was really the best part of my career was when I was in a big studio in Taiwan. In Taiwan, and they did everything, yeah. and yeah. I had like, I had seven everything, students. Yeah. I would just go home. You after just show class. up and be the superstar, right? That's that was that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to recommend to our listeners. Do that. Everyone just we just. <laughs> Just build yeah. big studios. Well, no, no, no. Don't build don't a big build studio. <laughs> That's not, you're missing don't my point. Them. No, no, no. You don't have to physically Jeanette. build it. You don't have to Avoid build the it. institution building all and just join <laughs> a bigger. Ins- I, what I'm confused by is that it sounds like this, this, ki- this kind of uh, paradigm also exists within dance is that you also have to kind of create and build institutions so that uh, you can get the punters in the room. Good God. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's oh. where I'm at right now. Um, Harmony said that I yeah. had to do that for painting, and I was like, "Fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gonna... Anything yeah. in the arts or like spiritual development, personal development realm, I think has this same quality about it. Especially nowadays. I mean, we've talked a lot about this with art galleries i mean it's not like there's a ton of art galleries out there no they don't exist anymore i mean they do but again they're far and few between Well, what used to happen is that you there were much there were far fewer people right and uh, there are only a billion people not seven billion people in the 50s yeah and a gallery owner would take you uh by the hand bring you into the studio introduce you to a slew of wealthy people you know, you'd try and look smart, wear a tie, and then go home and paint, mm. and they would do all the marketing and selling the work. But now you're the gallery owner. Yeah, you, you have to do the entire thing. Yeah. But that's really just a lot of work. <laughs> yes. And I, I have a studio. You know, mm-hmm. I go in there and I do the work in there. But if I, you know, I have to do all this other stuff that you're talking about, then I'm not going to get anything done. Well, you're just going to work all day. Doing all the different things but instead of a, taking your nap, and no, no, that's, reading your book. No, no, that's a, <laughs> that's not going to help the work. <laughs> I mean, but do you think though, like people have so much choice now that it makes it harder than for for me for personally you? that they have all of this choice, like more choice in all. Yeah, all this choice in terms of people have so much choice. Oh, I'll do that art. I'll do yes. go to that yoga teacher. I'll do this. I'll do that. And that we're in a different sort of time and place than we were like well, I think a couple it, of decades ago because there's so much choice. That. I think if you can just you know um, spend all day on your phone, you know, looking at that, mm, absolutely, looking at TikToks of no you know, making TikToks. You make, need to get yeah. into the creator you environment. Could, you could do that, or you could just look <laughs> at the TikTok and just look at it and not do anything. And like, so that's what you're competing with as Nothing an artist. Is like, I could, 
I could consume art or I could just look at my phone. Well, that's an, that's an interesting dichotomy. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this too, Jeanette, but that's one of the things I think that you need to kind of watch and, and, um, mind when you're running your own business or you're running your own yoga classes online or your dance classes or, um, you know, and you're doing the marketing, it's like you're either creating content and putting yourself out there as sort of an authority, um, you know, sharing your, your passions and your talents and your, your heart for something or you're passively consuming. And I mean, of course, we always do a bit of both, but um, but you have to kind of make that creation part more intentional. Absolutely. And I think that's part of as well as <clears throat> really being true to yourself as well. And I know that can sound a little bit cliche and everything like this, but really know what you stand for and why you're doing what you're doing and who it speaks to you and the relevance of it as well, because it's going to resonate yeah. with somebody. Like there's some people that are doing some really interesting things, uh, like creatively or movement wise and everything. And they're really different. Like Mm -hmm. they're right out there. Um, but if you go with it and you put it out there, someone else is going to be attracted to it. And a bunch of other people are going to be attracted to it too. And I think it's really there about you as well being comfortable with, with your art, with your, with your practice, if you're, whatever you're exploring, to be comfortable with it, to know what it's about and to put it out there. Because if you're genuine to it, other people are going to pick yeah, up on I it too. I think that's such an important point is being authentic in what you're sharing. Like, you know, I always, mm-hmm. I always sort of, this is like such a easy example and it's very cliche, but like, you know, some people are very authentically comfortable on the beach in their bikini doing yoga postures, right? <laughs> I yeah. am not that person. And No, but you should be. <laughs> right. Given given what you look like with your clothes off, you should fucking put it out there. Oh my god. As I've said many times to you, this we could be making a, a lot more You could be making a lot more money if we took your clothes off. It's true though. It that is, is true. true. Yeah. And so because you look really good with your clothes off. But the thing is is if you're not authentically like putting yourself out there, you're also attracting the wrong people to you, right? Like That's exactly you it. Your what values. Is, you need to be true mean? to your values, right? I want to No, look, look ladies. One 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 values your money. One thing values I want to Okay, two things. One, what does wrong people mean? I want to define that. Because that's that's someone with money looking at your boobs online. That's fine. <laughs> oh my god. That's authentic. And two, what the fuck do you actually mean by authentic? What the fuck is that? If we're living in a world of contrived personalities that are generated by Maya, yeah. What that's... are we fucking talking about here by authentic? Oh, you want to go philosophically deep? What? Yeah, okay, Jeanette, okay. this is your podcast. Well, what? What the fuck does no. authentic mean? <laughs> so for me. I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of the whole what's authentic. But I think it's that whole thing of not uh, having other voices. It's like, um, Harmony, you gave us this one thing on mm-hmm. bellies to look at once. And I actually stopped doing it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not being, <laughs> I'm sorry. I stopped doing it because I was like, I'm not being true to myself when I was looking at all this. I'm like, hmm, 
am I picking these values because they're my husband's values and they're my values, uh, other people's values? I don't know what these values are. So I had to let it go because I just thought actually I was not, I needed to listen to something else. I needed to do something else because it was, it was creating more, uh, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? Or right. some other persona. And you know, when you're like, you're trying to fit mm-hmm. into some other molds. And then I just think sometimes it takes time and you just let it go and things naturally appear the way they're supposed to. Otherwise, sometimes like you force things mm-hmm. to happen. Um, you want something too much, too fast, too soon, and you're not ready for it. You're not in the right place, at the right time for certain things to happen. And if they're meant to happen and you're going in the right direction, you're doing what you're supposed to, be it in your practice, being it in your like conversations with people, if you are true to that, if you're honest mm-hmm. with all of that, things in time start to come into place. Well, I'd like to argue this this point. I think it's really interesting. I think it's super interesting, actually, because it, it reminds me of my first year in art school, where occasionally you'd get a student who'd say, I don't want to look at other artists because I don't want to absorb uh, that influence. Mm-hmm. I want to be true to myself and authentic. Yeah. But that's a lot mm-hmm. like just putting your your head in the sand and not not learning. Yeah, absolutely. And so to, at a certain point, yeah. you need to really mm-hmm. learn and absorb everything yeah. that there is about your field of study. Yeah. And then Absolutely. be authentic to what sort of choices you like to make. Mm-hmm. You're informed enough yeah. to be able to make those. Yeah, and it's so, really like so. How do you yeah. you um you parse that with the the notion of of being true to your values and not absorbing other people's values? Um. I think, like with anything that you're doing, I always think of it as like the foundations of learning, the foundations mm-hmm. of practice. And it's like, once you have that, you're far more informed to make the next step because it's no more than when you were saying about experience and about learning and looking at other people's art Mm -hmm. and looking at all this and that you inform yourself, you've got that foundation. And from there, then you've got enough experience. You've got enough uh, cognitive learning to, to be able to, go on to what's next and and sure maybe you're making it up as you go along or you think you're being authentic and then you look back on yourself and you're just like geez what on earth was I doing but like sometimes you need to go through all of that and only afterwards that you realize well I got here but I need to go through x to get here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there's a there's an interesting um it's oh gosh it's so fascinating there's an interesting book uh by uh trilling uh, called sincerity and authenticity, and one of the examples mm-hmm. he used was the like the dichotomy between George W. Bush and Barack Obama, and that this essentially George Bush was in this authentic position of being himself, being West Texas, being a cowboy, being a guy that uh, is nice to meet at a barbecue, and then you have someone like Obama who is um, a sincere person who is um, constantly learning and shaping mm-hmm. that, that original person. Um, and the problem being for Obama is that he ends up maybe being a little disconnected from his audience. 
and um, Bush was mm -hmm. very connected to his audience and very much a part of this this authentic uh, being. But but the problem was that that was also like Patanjali might tell us that was a construct. He was actually from Connecticut. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a, the skin of a of a very wealthy, powerful uh, um, political family. So I. I I think it's interesting. I think when people bring up words like authenticity, um, I, I, I start thinking about that Im immediately. Well, what is it that we're, yeah. we're constructing? Because we're always constructing our personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think there's something to like knowing what your true north is in a sense, like feeling what sits with you in a way that feels comfortable and peaceful and at ease, mm -hmm. right? In a way that feels true, like you can get behind it and stand behind it, um, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel even proud to, you know, put something out there um, or to, yeah. to say something or to and create something or whatever that is that you're doing. Yeah. And I think that with that, though, there's a lot of questioning that goes on with that. And you could be years questioning yeah. something. And I think as long as you're questioning things and keep asking the questions to yourself, you might still like you might know you're not being authentic or be because you're still questioning things or like, is this the right thing to do within this? There are all these options. But I think constantly investigating things and asking people. And I think that's, that's part of the nature though, of, of it can take years to, to resolve something, to choose a path, mm -hmm. to choose direction, to choose a statement that you're, that you can really hold, hold yourself to, or hold mm -hmm. yourself accountable mm -hmm. to actually being, uh, yeah, that's too. interesting, though, because it brings up another sort of interesting thing, I think, where people get stalled out sometimes when they're trying to, like, create their own business or, like, step into their career as an artist or a dancer or something. And, and it's that feeling of, like, I'm not ready or I'm not good enough mm -hmm. or this isn't perfect or I'm not, like, 100 percent sure I'm that not there yet. I'm not there yet. Right. Yeah. We say all these things. Yeah, we have all these sort of limiting beliefs about ourselves. And it's not to say that, you know it's never going to change. I think it's just allowing yourself to be a work in progress. That's really important and not oh, holding the... yourself back. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's really key to be a constant, like you're always looking at work in progress. We're always changing. And I think that's the whole thing. If you have an idea, mm -hmm. if you have a concept that is going with it. And I think relevance is really important mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're in such a time of change. There's so much change right mm -hmm. now happening in the world. And knowing that it's going to continue to change, you can be part of that change. You can go with it. You can change what you're doing. But I think it's taking a direction and going with it, which is which is the first yeah, step in something. Yeah. Just like make that first step, take that first step, and then see where, where the next step yeah. goes. Absolutely. There's, there's, a, there's a, another part to that. That point of, of of change, and, and I really enjoyed what you said about um, part of being authentic is is continuing to ask questions of what is right and and what what works, and that can be as an artist often a little amorphous because that can that can really <clears throat> rely on your audience. Mm. 
and is your audience responding mm. to <clears throat> the work that you're mm. making and to the changes that you're making? And that's contextual, right? So, you know, living in Calgary, yeah. my audience may not be responding to me the same way if I was, <clears throat> yeah, you know, living in um, in Sussex. You know, so there's a very different audience mm -hmm. for work, and so maybe you know, you're you know, where you are, your place might not may not be as relevant and may not resonate mm -hmm. the same way. Absolutely. So with that, I'm kind of curious about about you and where you are, and and um, yeah. I have a, a kind of a little germ notion of of appropriation that I'm that I want to think about. But I'm just going to put that. I'm going to put a flag okay. in it. Put it to one side. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, <laughs> your parents are also quite interesting. Uh, your your I think your let's see, your father is an Irish immigrant, and your mother was yes. born to Polish yep. immigrants, both Catholic. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. 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 Excellent. That was the Polish test. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to show me. So, um, interesting. So there's a there's Polish sides of you, and there's there's also your parents need to to assimilate into Canada, um, but you are mm -hmm. you know you're originally Canadian, but then what even is that? Yes. And well, exactly the, the melting point versus right. the toss And then you it. end up moving to yeah. Ireland when uh, how old were you when you're yeah uh, I was twenty five and then it seems like I would think that like for a lot of people moving to to Ireland is when you actually started to figure out what being Canadian meant yeah um, absolutely that's really good. Uh, Really good point. Observations. Um, what what is yeah, it? Yeah, moving be, here was interesting. <laughs> to be to Canadian in Ireland. Oh, that's a question. My husband would be really good to answer. <laughs> um, is your husband Irish? He is. Yeah. Yeah. So he he has the 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 view of of what it is to be Canadian in Ireland. Oh, <laughs> big time, big time. Um, yeah, the pub. The pub took on a whole new uh, public house, right? <laughs> Everyone gathered there, and I couldn't figure out why the pub was so important. Till yeah. I realized that, you know, when pubs were created, it was because the houses were so small, and it's such a social mm. country that everyone had to congregate in the pub, mm. which was a whole other thing. Because I'm, I'm not a big drinker, mm -hmm. and um, so everyone's just like Jeanette, how are you going to cope? <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't cope well with that. I couldn't. Every time I was in, I was, I was in a pub. It was interminable, <laughs> interminable amount of time, and it, it, it could have been ten minutes. It could have been an hour and a half, and I was like just itching to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's a whole different mm -hmm. culture. Um, the country has changed. It's changed a lot since I've come here. Um, from everything from from food to yoga options it's changed so so much um yeah it's it's yeah 
definitely changed. But Canadian and Ireland definitely is uh, was just always kind of waiting. I'm like, well, I had that over there. Why don't I have that mm-hmm. here? I felt I was saying that a lot. Well, I just want this. I can get that easily in like Longos or Loblaws or somewhere, but I can't get that here. Or I just want to do this. But mm. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just quite different that way. I just, cause there's so much options and choice in Canada. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't the need, the, the needs are different here. They've definitely, I feel like there's a uh, very lot of similarities now. When I first came over, the needs of what Irish people wanted were very different from the options that we had that mm-hmm. were in Canada. What do you think you appropriated from from Ireland and taken on? It's like, oh yeah, this is me now. Maybe a little bit more um, relaxed and... Wanting to know more about people, like, I think that's definitely something that I've taken on fully is that they're such social beings, mm-hmm. social people, and that they're always wanting to tell stories and they'll talk to anybody, <laughs> like anyone who wants to talk, they just want to find out about you. And that's definitely something that I've, I've really learned to value that just we have, there's, there's so much in people to learn about and to, um, like enjoy their stories and what they have to say and, and find out about where, where they're from or what they're doing. And I mean, people talk to each other like that they're they're, as if they've known each other for years and they've just met each other. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Like it's just really open like that and people help each other just in a really different way really there for each other. And I think as well, like the streets in Toronto or in Canada, you know, they're, they're they're so big that the house across the street i mean they're just so further mm-hmm. they're just so spread out whereas here everything is a lot smaller tighter driving is still causes me heart tremors here because the roads <laughs> are so narrow but um everything is so close and tight and the people are like that too mm. but i think that's a really really wonderful thing that really embrace that for but, sure so that's so interesting the inverse is also is also true that uh, you're in if you're in Canada that um, people are not so anxious to to talk to one another personally I mean would you say that 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 harmony that is yeah. you know, finding out about <laughs> yeah. people or, or revealing things about yourself to people <laughs> is maybe perhaps not a, a value and so why would that why would that be harmony why would you keep people at, at a distance we like our space here we are very spacious people yeah <laughs> We have Very a lot spacious. of space. We have a lot yeah. of nature, and so that also is about our personalities. Yeah. We want a lot of space from. No, yeah. no, no. You want distance. Yeah, distance. Yeah. Space. Distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, what does that do for you? It gives me peace of mind <laughs> <laughs> that they're that they're over there. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I'm curious to find out when you started practicing yoga because. Um, we started with the whole oh, yeah. Iyengar Hatha even... mixed flow. I think she was four oh, yeah. or five. You know? That's what my notes say. Like you learned it from your mom, I think. <laughs> your little Polish polka mom. Well, like she was always doing it. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was super, or oh, she still is, really, really big into taking care of herself and 
movement and she still does a regular yoga practice. She meditates every day. Um, when I was over in December, she was, she was saying about, Oh, something was proving to be difficult. And I had bought her some blocks. And so I said, Oh, just prop your knee up on here. And she's like, Oh, that's so much easier. And you know, just things And she's just like, mm. this isn't working anymore. And so anyhow, so I've always been around her and, um, her ideas and I've learned so much from her, but yeah, when I was little, she was always, always physically active first thing in the morning. It's nearly like, you know, five o'clock in the morning, she'd be up doing her, her own exercises, Uh whatever she'd be doing. And then, uh, and then she would get the dinner or not the dinner breakfast and lunch is made and everything. And she'd be on with her day. But, um, yeah, she did yoga and that's how I, that's how I just, you know, you take the book. I don't even know what book it was. And, uh, I just start doing it and you just think you're great. <laughs> as, a, as a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> you're a superstar, like, geez. Um, but yeah, it was just always there. And I guess then through dance classes as well, you'd mm-hmm. have someone come in and you would just do the practice and you didn't think yeah. anything of it. And then even probably in my late teens, early 20s, I started going to mm-hmm. Downward Dog um, yeah. for Ron Reed was teaching and I practiced there with him for a while. Um, and then, um, so that was all Ashtanga based. And you know, it's a funny thing when you do something, you just do it and you come to it from a different point of where, you know, someone recommends it to you or you should do this. But when it's always been there in your life, I think you have a really different relationship with it because not that you don't, I'm not saying I didn't value it, but it was always there and you just did it and it was good and it was good for you. Mm-hmm. And you didn't think about it as much. You just did it. And I think now when I look back, there's another studio that I went to. And I think then there's that whole thing in Harmony. You'll have this. And you'll know exactly what I mean is that like, oh, dancer, flexible. Right. She's good at no, yoga. Right. And you look back on it and you're thinking, yeah, one of those. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, hmm, I know someone said it to me recently. Oh, we always look quote unquote good doing it you know and I'm just like oh that's yeah. not what it's about and you're just kind yeah. of cringe being good at yoga I'm like that's so not what it's about because you have no idea what's going on good yeah at yoga. that's what that's what doing no. yoga is and it's yeah. just when you look good yeah and I'm just like oh there's so much more mm. going on there or that's not going on there or like so I think as well, sometimes you'll have a teacher, oh, flexible body. And then by the time you know it, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And you're just like, okay, you don't, you just kind of go with the flow. And then all of a sudden you think back and you're just thinking, who is that yeah. for actually, you know? It's a, um, so, it's, it's not yeah. a blessing to be um, uh, good at it. No. Like that's not what it's about. And I think sometimes too, like I know flexible, as well. you know, the more yeah. flexible you are, especially if you have um a teacher who's, you know, very excited about your flexibility, it definitely mm. puts that person in the line of uh, acquiring more injuries actually because of you know, adjustments, over adjusting, you know, or yeah, or even like, you know, I had somebody try to give me all of third series once. And I was just like, whoa, too much, too soon. <laughs> I'm not going back yeah. to that class. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. 
just like it was right at like uh, Young and Blue or Subway. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a little bit right. closer to home. And, and I was like, mm, no, I'll go to the distance. Yeah, I'll go to Ron. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he was actually he was a wonderful teacher. Um, such a good technician, yeah. you know, because he had to yes. figure out how to do all yes. the things in his body. And he really like was one of the first yeah. teachers to like teach me how to put leg behind my head and like all those warm ups that I do for it. He was really like, that was really, yeah, he was an oh, amazing yeah. technician at Asana for sure. Who's that? Ron Reed. Oh, Ron Reed taught you? And yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't know you'd, you'd studied with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. It's been great in the last couple of years being able to practice with him online again as well. And it's just, you know, he's just one of those people that can just say the Mm. smallest of things. And you're like, yep, got it. You know, and just some things that he'll just make something a little bit more. Just even his voice, the way he approaches it and everything so Mm. easy and relaxed. And just do this, just do that. And all of a sudden you're just like, yeah. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It like hypnotizes you You into a posture. (laughs) You know, I'm, I wonder if he's shit at organization of his yoga show. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably hired someone to do that. Yeah, because that's kind of that's kind of what we're talking about here is like what the yoga does, right? It, it stabilizes your personality. It calms your nervous system and you become mm-hmm. a slower, yes. more methodical, peace-loving, uh, peace-enjoying, beauty-enjoying person who is not good at r- managing their life. Because <laughs> you don't have that that beta brainwave <laughs> yeah, going fucking on. Churning, 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 churning. How am I going to make, how am I going to figure this out? It's, it's, you know, I'm going to bed and you've got, you're churning. <laughs> churning, like the yoga has done nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right? And so... That's what the two of you really seem to me to have in common is that you've got this, like it's biological in you, this drive to churn and go and go and figure out and work on and build and build. And it's like you two could really use like the the yoga part. We do have the yoga Mm. part too. (laughs) Maybe that's what drew us to it was the need to have like a more calm, balanced peace of mind about us why don't you have peace of mind <laughs> I think it's, it's that whole thing of get off the mat and then like you just need to keep it with you I think that's the most yeah. challenging part yeah, and I mean you know what also yeah. I mean you're a mother I'm a mother something happens when you become a mother I think in that yeah well, your brain switches happens. on <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's 100%. a different personality. 100%. Your personality completely changes. Oh, yeah. 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 Completely. Proust said that. It's the, 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 the be aware of the, of, the, of the mother of two children because they're fierce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a kind of confidence that comes with that, but also yeah. evidently a, a wellspring of anxiety. Well, I don't think it's anxiety. I think it's just determination and focus and clarity Absolutely. and purpose that's to but isn't it to def, is yeah. it because there's a concern no you're concerned about the child well maybe there's maybe there's an underlying concern for livelihood for like being able to provide for your family that's and- what i'm saying ron reed doesn't have he's completely <laughs> at peace with their you know does he have children in that now i think he does concerned about them <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a young yeah. adult. Mm. I think. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah. I just want my child to be quiet. Yeah, that's I why go, you got most, a dog. Most, <laughs> most of the night he comes home, I'm just trying to make sure that he's quiet, you know, seen but not heard, you know. So I oh, end yeah. up being a little bit mm. more more aggressive. And I'm, I'm aggressively stamping out noise. He parents like the same way. He parents his child the same way he parents the dog. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> effectively. That's what I... Yeah. 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 How do yeah. you parent, Jeanette? Do you the, take clicks, the, the clicks and the treats. Do you, the clicks oh, and clicks the and treats. that's how you parent, with clicks and treats. Do you, do you, clicks do and you, treats. Do you have the no, whip? So... You whip you, what do you do? No, so... My 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 husband laughs and he's like, "Well, you definitely got the attachment parenting Aww. thing down." What is that? So, it's attachment um, parenting. Oh yeah, attached at the hip. <laughs> so <laughs> literally, so that's so sweet. <laughs> so I think I, no. So I did the whole like baby wearing. Mm-hmm. Literally, honestly, had them in a sling on me, and. Uh, it worked. It definitely worked in sort of the calming and the soothing, mm-hmm. but I definitely um, suffered from it physically, big time. Mm. Um, so you just keep them attached think, to you. What happened? Yeah. What happened? Like yeah. back pain or or? Yeah, it was my just my lower left, mm-hmm. but I think that was prop perhaps partially from pregnancy and then not really. You know, after you have a baby, you're like, oh, whatever about yourself. It's just all about the baby. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're in bits, but um, well, I was. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta like, kind of yeah. put yourself back was, together again. Oh, and bits. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like blown up. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that happens too to the pelvic floor, but that's a conversation for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a different podcast. Yeah. It's um, well, you know, just you know, on the subject. You know, my my mother runs a urology um, recruitment <laughs> firm. And okay. one of the things we constantly deal with is is there's a huge market for uh, female urology, but most okay. male urologists don't want to deal with it, even though it's like half the population. Wow! And they say, mm-hmm. "I don't, yeah, I don't want to deal with these leaky leaky women." That's what they say. They say that to us, like, "Yeah, I don't want to, de- I don't want to deal with any leaky women. Just I want to do, <laughs> you know, male uh, continent, you know, incontinence or male, you know." Erectile, uh, erectile dysfunction. dysfunction. It's like, but okay, like, interesting. you could make a lot more money if you dealt with the leaky women. That's but, interesting. Yeah, it's a shame. Okay. Again, second class citizens. I guess so. Are you two or both leaky women? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! No, I, I can't. Say. That's why we do the yoga. <laughs> do you, does that work for you, Harmony? Because you don't even get Sometimes. on a trampoline anymore. No, I don't really. <laughs> I can do it for a few minutes. <laughs> Not it. even a few minutes. Come on, <laughs> let's be real. So, do you do you go on a trampoline much, Jeanette? Um, yeah, I never stopped going on a trampoline. Oh, that's I good. actually, yeah, no, no, um, yeah, some experiences I haven't, um, haven't, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's a big part of your life. It's all the dancing and the uh, the dancing and the yoga. I guess so. Yeah. Um, very, very, very strong. Uh, I guess pelvic floor yeah. so strong that the babies didn't want to come out. Oh, so like, right. ah, yeah, they didn't want to come out. No, or were they prevented no. from coming out? Oh yeah, I think they. Uh, <laughs> they just wanted to stay in. They weren't. They weren't. There was no. There was no. Uh, they weren't coming out. Oh. Did you have cesareans? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom was the same. Yeah, they didn't, she was. She was so anxious. There was no way. She was going to allow anything to come out of her. 
<laughs> it's funny. I feel like that. What is a big thing, though? That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe, like, it could help with, like, that pelvic floor sort of uh, staying intact. But then you have a whole other. Uh, you have a whole other thing to deal with yeah, on the other side. Yeah, other problems with, like, the, um, like, lack of sensitivity in the lower abdominal area, cutting yeah. through the abdominal muscles, um, having to, like, really you know, again, that could also be part of the low back pain too, right? Because you're not having that abdominal strength. Um, There's so, there's so many, I mean, it doesn't matter which way you do it. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's funny having the sections was actually so good then afterwards for my teaching because, you know, when you just always have, um, you can always just engage your muscles. You can always, Mm -hmm. you can just engage without even thinking about it. It's just there. You don't have to think about accessing it. You just turn it on and say, you know, it's just there for you whenever you need it. And building it back up, I was able to relate to other people so much more in terms of helping them access which perhaps feels a bit more foreign to them. Right. Yeah. So definitely worked to my advantage in that way. So always see the positives, right? Totally. Always trying to find the silver lining. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually in that way, I thought, okay, because in the second one as well, I was more informed on the second one. And then when I was teaching again, I was like, I, I just had that that um, kind of the, the right language to be able to help people yeah. and say, okay, you're probably feeling this, but you want to feel this and you want to do this and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, amazing. What would you say to somebody mm-hmm. who is like having trouble or recovering from a cesarean? So I think as well, the big thing is knowing what their um, kind of their movement practice was ahead of having mm-hmm. it. But if they were someone who is quite established in a practice, mm-hmm. I think our bodies are so much stronger than we think they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's accessing slowly, slowly what you can like that deep engagement. I mean, I think after you, you have a baby, everyone's at such a different point mm-hmm. because everyone's gone through so much. Yeah. And then it's knowing, I think, when you're ready, actually, to start even doing physical activity as well, because everyone's at such a different point. Mm-hmm. And then when you are ready to start doing physical activity again, I mean, it is the simple pelvic floor exercises. But I mean, just starting to do a gentle yoga practice, gentle Pilates practice. But I think yoga in particular, because it accesses so much more, you're using so much more of your body in different standing seated positions right. than you are in some other practices. And it's, you can just, you can take a gentle approach to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, again, it's just listening to what it is that your body needs at that point in time. I mean, the different things like even, sorry, if, the pelvic floor is one thing, but even your different aspects of your body, like your sides, side stretching, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you're into costal muscles because you're hunched over so much. You need to lengthen yeah. all of those different parts of your body. Again, after you've, you know, even when you're having a baby and you're feeding your baby, regardless of if it's breastfed or bottle fed, you're hunched over your mm-hmm. baby as well. Mm-hmm. So your chest cavity there, it, it becomes more of a cavity than it does mm-hmm. open and lengthened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think the yoga is so helpful for postnatal recovery for sure. But like you said, it's Absolutely. really important to go really slow and not push things and not like try and, you know, it, it can be difficult for people who've had like a very robust yoga practice before having a baby because they want to like get their practice back. And I know that feeling. Yeah. It's like you just kind of have to really like relearn and start over. And I think there's so much value, like you've, you know, said in, in, in 
coming at the practice again like a beginner and like feeling all of those new sensations and new challenges. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, you're re, you're getting to know your body again as well and and everything comes back though. Yeah. And everything comes back. Yeah. It comes back differently, but it comes back stronger or you're more informed about your body mm-hmm. and you actually can work with it. I think in, I think you can work with it even more because you've had your past information and your current information. Um, yeah. And I think that goes to show with age as well. Like I never think that age should be a barrier to any practice at all, ballet, yoga, anything. And I think it's the whole thing of just listening to yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing and and being consistent with it as well. Yeah. Consistency is big. Um, (laughs) It's huge, isn't yeah. it? Because you have so many people come to one class and then they leave mm-hmm. and you're just saying, no, you have to stick with it. You no, know, like three classes in, you're going to feel a complete transformation or things are going to start to click and some things are going to not going to feel as foreign anymore yeah. when you're doing this and you're going to have the right approach to it. And it's just the consistency of coming back and being and committing to it really is the commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, You know, I don't know about you, but when I was um, like a dancer and coming to yoga, um, the yoga, my body, the way I was using my body in the practice was so much like a tool or a vehicle, um, you know, something that I was sort of like manipulating. And I think after giving birth and coming back to the practice, um, I viewed my body very differently in that it was like, I don't know something that was like to be respected and like yes. perished oh, yeah, absolutely. and and not a yeah not yeah. an object so much you know that's it and not I don't want to say abusing your body but just like forcing it into things or yeah you just have a different yeah, you had like a disregard <laughs> maybe for your physical form before like oh I'm just yeah. using this to like create a a type of experience or you know to yes. help my spiritual development or whatever it felt like a little disassociated from it but then after it was like no this is my like <laughs> this is my spiritual experience right now <laughs> Yeah. And you, yeah, you end up valuing it a lot more, a lot differently. And it has a different offering to you as well and what it can provide for you and what you can give to it as well and what you're putting into it. Yeah. And like, just such a, you're just like, wow, like this body's a miracle. That's incredible. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I just always felt like, like, what the hell? Like, how did it do all this stuff? And I didn't, I just like was along for the ride. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. And everything is so internal. Mm-hmm. And that you're thinking, if this baby was created internally, what else is going on internally? Yeah. And then when you're feeling different emotions or feeling different things, you're like, well, what's happening internally to be able to to do that? Or Yeah, it's incredible. How soon after having a baby did you get back to work? <laughs> what kind of work? You were probably like right there, right, Harm? Like you were right back at your business like that that day? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I had to, I, I opened a yoga studio in a physical location, um, really like four weeks before Jediah was born. My word. So, (laughs) so yeah, I would say probably like after two days I was, you know, doing, I wasn't physically up and teaching, but you were doing the books. Um, but I was doing, yeah, administrative stuff, answering emails, like making social media posts, um, 
that you know, <clears throat> writing newsletters, doing all of the two days, the things. Yeah, for sure. That's in- I would like I have him on my boob breastfeeding and then like yeah. have my laptop or my phone and like be like doing all the things. <laughs> oh, for but sake. I think there's something amazing though when after you have a baby, there's a lot of creativity that's going yes. on and you've got you've got a different kind of an energy and that you want to harness, like you want to use that energy. And do you? you you're just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> powerful i mean sure you're like hugely sleep deprived yeah, that too <laughs> but i think as well there's there's another thing that's going on in terms of um well maybe i'm just projecting here but, um about fear of missing out of it mm. that like you've just had this wonderful experience and your baby's amazing and then there's a whole other world out there that you're just thinking well i don't want to be left behind as well yeah and so <sighs> There's that whole thing of you, know, you want to keep everything going, um, and then you're perhaps get a little uh, delirious with all lack of sleep. But there's still like this energy <laughs> that you want to keep that that's propelling you forward. Yeah, hmm. yeah, for sure. That's interesting because I never, I never feel that. That's funny. I, <laughs> An energy propelling you. No, forward. No, <laughs> what I feel like is I want my house to be neat and beautiful and uh, oh yeah, luxurious, <laughs> and then I could give a flying fuck about anything else outside the house but in order for your house to be neat and beautiful and luxurious you need to do need things to have- outside of the house to mm. maintain the inner well-being of the house no, i like to do all the things in the house <laughs> you really yeah. missed your calling as like a housewife <laughs> so you were you were also back to work quite quite quickly Jeanette. you were doing all these things as well um, with both babies well, no, my my first one, no, I was probably six months that I went back because I had maternity. Leave. Oh, you had a physical place um, to go back to work to, right? You weren't. You I didn't did, have your own yeah. business at that point. No, 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 no. And then the second one, then um, we had a real kind of the conversation of. Um, me going back to work, even or you know what that would look like full time. Mm. Um, because mm-hmm. it was pretty full on and we just knew that it was going to be very difficult having the two children and me working the hours that I was working. Right. Yeah. So that's then when I and slowly started. What were you doing at this time? So at that time I was teaching still and never stopped teaching. I've always been teaching. So yeah, I was working at the Abbey Theater. Mm-hmm. No, it was only like a few nights a week for one of the companies okay. here. Yeah. And so I was working at the Abbey Theater as the mar- in the marketing department there as marketing manager. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So during the day, you'd be there. Sometimes, you know, a couple of nights a week, you'd need to be at the theater as well in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just realized that this wasn't perhaps something that was going to be sustainable at all. So at that time, right. we started to shift. And then that's when I started working for Ballet Ireland doing marketing for them and communications. Um, so then things, yeah, I guess things started to shift then. And I went back only part-time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, started teaching again. I guess Molly was four months, I think, when I went back. To I think just, I could have, I felt um, she was easier to go back on, mm-hmm. like teaching with. Um, and so I just started right back up again when their new term started, which was a really smooth transition back. Nice. What's the first girl's name? Chloe. Chloe and Molly. That's beautiful. 
Yeah. What's, and your husband, what does he do? He's a banker. He's a banker. That's helpful. And <laughs> yes. He's Irish, is he? Yes. He's Irish. Just like yes. your dad. <laughs> Just like my dad, yeah. except born in very different places. <laughs> yeah, different places in Ireland. Mm. In, okay. Yeah. Does that does that yeah. that create some differences between them? No, no, it's just, um, so my dad was born in Belfast. Oh, wow. Oh. And, and Brian is born in Cork. Oh, I see. So yeah. very, <laughs> very different. Like, uh, very like different. religiously different places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You're, you're mending bridges all over the place yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, even, even still, I think with the, like a, like a supportive husband who can, who can work. I mean, it's still bloody hard and I, and I I think it was it was super hard for harmony as well but I'm just you know I just think about our civilization and what we set ourselves out mm. for you know like mm. living in single family homes having eight hour work mm. days like doing car dependent activities I mean you have to carve out time for exercise because you don't exercise at work or in your car <laughs> and yeah. it just none of it seems possible. Like I don't, I don't mm. see how someone can say to someone like you or Harmony, "Lean in." I just want to tell them to fuck off, and like, <laughs> I just don't see how any of this is sustainable. Uh, I think it's sustainable when you make changes, and it's sustainable when you're doing something or doing things that you love. Mm. And I think that's the really big piece is. Um, having yeah, a supportive home environment yet yeah, that's absolutely p- part of it. But I think as well, the supportive home environment comes as well when you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I know it probably again, sounds a bit cliche, but I think um, maybe, maybe, maybe some people I know and they're like, well, I want to be doing X, but I can't because of Y. Right. Um, but I think for like Harmony, you've got a lot of things going on. Hmm. I've completely quadrupled the stuff that I have going on. But I think though it happens when you're doing the right things and you have the capacity. Somehow it happens. Mm-hmm. Somehow you just you you wake up differently. You change your routine. Yeah, things fall into place when you don't think that they're going to and they just they work out because you're doing the right thing um you've made the right decisions yeah. along all of those authentic questions you've been asking yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah. all along that that like you know yeah sure you wake up really early in the morning to start doing things but there's just a different organization that happens when you're doing I'm only going to say, call it what you should be doing and what you're, I'm going to say it as well. What, what you're, what is right for you to be doing? I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Like what's aligned with your higher purpose or what's your calling or your Dharma or that's your heart that's desire. Exactly I don't know. <laughs> like there's lots yeah. of ways. It's, no, no, that's it. It's, it's ineffable, yeah. this thing, but yeah. there, there's a sense of being within the Tao and going with that thing or being against it. Yeah. That's it. And you grow it. That's like you grow into it. You naturally lend yourself into this path. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to be open, open to it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not right for me um, to, to do marketing or sales yeah, in you, any way. You should just read your book and take your nap <laughs> and paint. <laughs> so, I would, I would wonder like if you ever retired, like what would you, what would you would start a new business if you retired? Like that would be your hobby. That would be the, you would immediately jump right back in. 
No, wouldn't that be for like, yeah. I meant, I meant harmony. Yeah, forgive me. No, I know she would. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say though. But wouldn't that be the I don't know what retirement is. Like, yeah. You remember. just have another idea, so you would just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true. true. It's I think when you're when you're creative, I mean, you know this. You're like making a bazillion, hundred million paintings all the time. I like making it's paintings. A, it's like that's it. Yeah. It's like an obsessive compulsive disorder. I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're creative and you have like that energy to to create something, or you have like a desire to to build something, or to yeah be of service. That's exactly you can't it. Really, like, you stop like, yourself. No. Yeah, you just yeah. keep going. When we met last summer, and you signed up for yeah. B school. I mean, I know when I signed up for B school, my like whole world opened up, and so many things yeah. changed. I, I mean, I started a podcast. Oh my god, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, that was a whole but, other job. But you know, I mean, also there was a lot of crazy things that all of a sudden started happening in the world with COVID and everything going online yeah. and. You know, it was many, it was sort of fortuitous. I had just finished B school, like right before COVID lockdown kind of happened. So I had like a lot yeah. of energy and um, um, vision for sort of where yeah. I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, but where were you when you signed up for B school in the summer? So I was at a point where I had this feeling that I was going to change my work situation, say in this summer. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you have a plan and it's always good to have a plan because then you can change from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I started having conversations with a friend of mine last year, um, like May or something. And she kept saying to me like, well, why do you want to change? Why do you want to leave, you know, where you're working? And I said, well, it's not so much that I want to leave. It's not about that, but there's something else. And I'm not sure what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And I really love working with artists, with dancers, and really love um, helping them, not even just with their communications, but with their, with their, um, working with them on a different level than I was working with them. And I was doing it sometimes, mm -hmm. but not consistently. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, there was a whole lot of admin pieces that I was doing. And it's like, I just want to cut all of that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want to be developing my teaching practice even more. Mm -hmm. So I knew where I wanted to te take the teaching practice. And I was thinking, okay, it's going to happen in a two-stage process. The teaching practice, where I want to take it to, it's going to take a little bit longer to develop because, again, it's going to take some time to bring some people on board with me. But that's going to happen gradually. And I'm fine with that. I'm super fine with that. Um, and then, so with sort of the communications aspects of things, things just, I started getting more and more offers. And I was just sort of thinking as well, I was having this other conversation with someone else. It's like, he had a mentor and I said, well, I was looking for something. I was looking for something to connect to. And I love learning and I love um, finding out about people and what they're doing. And I just think that we can all be such an inspiration to each other. And he's like, oh, the person that I was with, I don't know about them. And at the same time, Harmony, I think it was at the time that I was emailing mm -hmm. you. I think I was in Toronto and there was a lot going on there. And I was like, oh, I don't want to jump into anything because, you know, just need to make sure this is the right thing to be doing. And a very calculated um, 
but I was, I was thinking, no, this just feels right mm -hmm. in terms of like where you are coming from harmony and your background. And I just like, there's just thinking this just feels right. And it is right. So that's where I was just thinking, yeah, I want to do this. And this is definitely the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was at that stage where I was ready for change and I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was just really open mm -hmm. to exploring and questioning myself. I was ready to question myself and what was next mm -hmm. and how I could apply kind of all, everything that we were talking about in the course and in the program yeah. and to developing my own business. Yeah. And it's interesting because you'd been kind of you know, in developing your own business already a little bit, and you have a background in marketing and communication. Yeah. Um, so it, I mean, you really kind of just took everything that you were learning through the B-School program and just like, yeah. I mean, it just like you got catapulted into another dimension with, <laughs> with what you were doing. <laughs> That's just it though. That's it. And I think the whole thing was there around the clarity mm. and who is it for and who do I want to be working with mm -hmm. and just things and, and like working with artists at different stages of their career. Um, why, who, what, and I made a list, you know, we had made these lists of all the artists that I wanted to be working with, um, the companies to work with, and then you distill it down and I'm working with a bunch of them now, which is fantastic. That's amazing. Um, and I'll just, really fell into place and yeah. uh yeah it was quite significant then and and I think it was one of the calls and you're saying well does anyone have any news today <laughs> it's like yeah I handed in my resignation yeah yeah during blame, our mastermind <laughs> and you can blame Harmony for that yeah she yeah. quit she quit Basically, her job created a whole yeah. like better job where you're getting paid more oh my god <laughs> um, so yeah and yeah, and making yeah. your own hours and working with the people you wanted to work with—it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's it is really good. It is really good. Um, yeah, and I just feel like there's and and all of that will feel like there's more change to come. Yeah, in terms of other opportunities will come, and I mean, just opportunities are endless right now, which is really great. I can't complain at all. It's really exciting. <laughs> it's really really exciting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of great well, connections. A lot also, of really connections. You also wrote, and uh, I, I don't, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but you, you also wrote in <laughs> in your letter to us, which was really, really nice. Um, you wrote about having a a syncopal ep episode, which I never heard that. Oh yeah. Before. So that was you, a huge. You passed yeah. out Fainting. on the street. You needed stitches. You're jaw displaced <laughs> um i think it was like a stress so, episode it sounded like the kind of thing that would happen to harmony if you if you <laughs> you, know, if, you know if you ask me um how long ago was that that, that happened that was three years ago and was it stress yeah, related I think, well i think it was just a typical mother being here there typical parent being here there and everywhere literally <laughs> literally running um from one place to another. And I think the body can only take so much. Mm. Um, yeah, just kind of blacked out on the street and well, the rest was history. But um, I mm. think it, it was story. a very, very, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a huge, huge uh, a wake-up call. And mm-hmm. since we're going down this uh, kind of a darker moment here, so mm. um, so when I was in, this is actually, yeah, so anyhow. Um, so when I was in the hospital, I stayed in for a few days. I was in this ward, this room with four or five other men. And uh, they were older, um, much older. And one guy, oh, God, love him. They had to, I I thought he wasn't going to make the night. And his breath, we haven't talked about breath at all. Breath is a huge form of my practice and teaching practice and everything. But the breath Mm -hmm. then of his breath, I'll never forget it. And the doctors around him were so calm and trying to get him back up and going but the sound of the breath at that stage was unreal and it's very um grounding in a different way and you realize how mortal you are and how much you value your life and Mm -hmm. because you value it so much you think okay you take a step back and you think well I need to make some real big changes in my life because that was that was a pretty scary thing that happened you know Mm-hmm. And uh, I think then at that moment, that's when when things what sometimes, not sometimes, but often when something really life changing happens to you or you you get a big wake up call, that's your sign. Mm-hmm. Listen, you need to make some changes. And sometimes then, when you realize you need to make changes, sometimes it takes a couple of years for those for you to realize what the right path is for those changes to happen. Aren't you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like the seeds get planted, but it takes a while for the little sprouts to kind of come up to the surface. And you're like, oh, that's what I need to do now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you read something, you're thinking that it resonates with you. And it's years later, like you always keep it with you. And it's mm-hmm. years later that it, it, the meaning makes sense. Or you're able to apply the learnings. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Tell us more about this breath being a central part of your practice. Yeah, so um, there was probably a, a good period where I really was, what is this breathing nonsense? I breathe all the time. Why do we need to learn to breathe? <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> so I would, and, and then, um, you know, there were the times I'm like, oh, it's actually, I find it really stressful to be breathing and doing all of this. And I would just get agitated and it wouldn't work. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. So I've probably come and gone from that. Definitely during my pregnancies, it mm-hmm. probably started on Molly. Molly's now uh, nine, but I yeah. definitely started with her and being able to use my breath mm. because like, <laughs> I didn't have great pregnancies and, um, for my that's husband so Brian would, uh, that's so funny because yeah. I also started taking Molly to help me with my breath. Nah. What, <laughs> what did I say? <clears throat> but did you take a class or did you just like develop more no, awareness yeah. around it or what happened? No, no, happened? it was definitely yoga, mm-hmm. pregnancy yoga. I had to, like, it was my savior, to be perfectly honest. It absolutely saved me. Yeah. There was so much. I did it on Chloe and then. I just applied everything with Molly and I had enough information myself and just started developing the practice myself. Um, but that's then where definitely was able to help in a lot of difficult moments 
um, calming. Yeah. Um, really, really helped me to gain kind of control of physical, what I was feeling physically. And then the physical can manifest into emotional. And then, you know, it's very difficult to control anything. Mm -hmm. So that then was an absolute savior for me. Mm -hmm. Um, then slowly, I'd say probably four years ago, maybe probably about four years ago, a lot more breathwork was introduced into my practice. And I just started to really use that as a guide as well in my yoga practice mm-hmm. and really, um, well before, after, during everything. Yeah. Um, and just the whole guiding the movement with the breath. And I mean, for me now, that feels like one of the most challenging things is to practice with breath and really focusing and being honest to that. Mm. Um, and having each of the movements and each of the inhales and exhales, you know, correspond with each other. And that in itself is, is a very, um, humbling practice and humbling thing to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it really changes but, the practice um, though, when you, when you make um, the breath, like your central completely. focus. Completely. Mm. Yes, really, really does. So I'm trying to be even more and more honest to that these days, mm. um, and helping to refine the practice. Um, so that is very good. And again, very good for the mind. But um, yeah, I can't even, I can't say enough how important and vital the breath work is. I've done my two daughters. I'll do it with them. I've done it with Brian as well. And he loves it. Yeah. Like <laughs> just to talk them through. Yeah. yeah. Just do exercises with them. And I even said, can you do that breath work again? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I just, um, I just think everyone does should do it. Yeah. And I just think it's one of these things that we underestimate the power mm-hmm. of. Yeah. What I love about it too, like yoga, once you kind of have the basic tools, I mean, you can practice it on your own, you know, yeah. pretty much anytime, anywhere. Yeah. It's free. You don't need like special <laughs> clothes or, you know, anything like that. And so it's, it is, it's always with you, right? It's always with you. It's grounding. It's enlightening. It's clarifying. It's rejuvenating. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's like it, it clears a channel within yourself. Um, and doing that first thing in the morning I find is, is a really, really great thing to do. And I mean, then meditate after it. And by the time, you know, it's so much time has passed and it's really great once, you know, once you really get into mm-hmm. it, then you can just, um, you become addicted to wanting yeah. that that sensation every morning. Did you, did you say recently that, that Chloe said to you that, Mommy, you do a bit too much yoga? Oh, yeah, that was Molly. She started crying one morning. Oh. <laughs> and then she thanked me for not doing it. Oh, thank you, Molly. I was like, I wake up so early to do it, and then then they hear me, and then they get up and like go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I just say to them, I'm like, well, mommy, I have to do this to be me. I need to do this mm-hmm. to like for I need to do things for me too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that took took a little while as well mm-hmm. for me to be able to say that to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a funny thing at work where they'd say like, oh, Jeanette, you're so calm all the time. And I'd look at them like, do you know how much yoga I need to do to be like this? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I have to do every morning? Exactly. 
to, to stay productive, to get all the stuff done, to keep my mind focused, <laughs> one-pointed. It's very focused. It's very focused. Yeah. It's a lot of work, commitment, dedication. <laughs> it's very worthwhile. And, and so do you feel now that, that you have a, a grounded practice that, that can keep you um, to keep you from falling back into a um, a sinkable episode again, or do you feel yeah, like you're in so. a sustainable place? I hope so. Absolutely. I mean, geez, having a, a neurologist on, on your, on your phone, isn't the thing that you probably want all the time and going for cat scans and everything. Mm-hmm. It definitely, um, it's a, it's a huge eye opener. It, it really makes you wake up and say, that was a really close call. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness someone saw and called an ambulance and everything was sorted, you know, but like, I think it is just one of those things where you need to make, you need to commit again, again, that word commitment mm-hmm. to yourself and commit to change because change isn't easy and it's really easy to slip into old patterns and habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's one of those things where, you know, we always get these warnings, be it like, regardless of your health, you can have all kinds of things, but everyone gets warnings all the time. And if you don't listen to them, there's only so many warnings you're going to, you know, you're going to have. Yeah. And yeah. And I just think you just, yeah, you need to commit to yourself, commit to change and, and keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely. We've definitely made a lot of changes as a family and I've made changes myself as well. Mm-hmm. So it's such, it's always good to just be reminded of these things, you know, <laughs> I don't think we can hear it, it hear it enough actually from, from each other, you know, to, to like, listen yeah. to that inner voice, listen to that inner nudging, you know, follow, follow the guidance because, yeah. you know, it's so easy to just ignore, like you say, these signs or ignore that voice or ignore that, that calling. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we look back and years have gone by and, and nothing's changed and it's so important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like you think of your thoughts. How many of the same thoughts do you have every day that you've had la- right. like two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's like I was thinking sometimes, you know, um, talking about the differences between Ireland and Canada, you know, you go into Indigo and there you walk in and there's this whole self-help book display. Yeah. And you come here and you, you, you'd be searching the aisles for one. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, they have them now here, but um, it's, it's not as much like, what as sort North of, America. What sort of help do you need? Just get on with it, do your job, and, and this go, is to exactly the go to the pub. Go to the pub, see your <laughs> yeah. family on Sunday dinner. And you just get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah, you just live. Yeah. You just live. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, like, with all these books and everything, we all know what we need to do. Yeah. And yeah. we just have to like just do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so helpful to have like some... a community or like a coach or you know a teacher yeah. to to be accountable to to show up for because it's easier to show up for other people than it is to show up for yourself. Yeah, and um, absolutely, like supportive environments are always really important. And mm-hmm. when that's what I think accountability is really big because when you have someone else there, yeah. You have yeah. that encouragement. You have that support to go forward. I think that's what the priest is for. I you do the confession yeah. so that you can get yeah, a little, I don't think get a little coaching. 
in yeah. the little box. It's true. And then like, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Go on. You just need to do seven Hail Marys and yeah, two, and then go and do try whatever. A little fucking harder next time. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Jenna, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and talking about, are you guys doing one of these B-Schools again? Well, B-School is going to, um, yeah, open up this month, later this month. So it's really exciting. And it's the only time to do it this year. So there's no summer course happening. It's the one time in 2022. So yeah, if you're feeling the calling and you're listening, then you should definitely sign join, up and or join, join the priesthood or yeah. join the priesthood yeah. or come be a part of the mastermind group we had such a, a fun time last summer with with all the people in the group and it was really helpful for everyone and and great for me too because it's always a nice opportunity to work on work on your business and hone these skills and like you say Jeanette keep asking those questions and you know, get more clarity around what you really want, right? Learn to say yes to some yeah. things, no to some things. So, yeah. I like saying no to things. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Where can people find you, Jeanette, when they're uh, looking for you? Um, That's a good question, actually. Well, probably it's just my Instagram account, which mm-hmm. is Jeanette M. Keen. Okay. Jeanette M. Keen. Wonderful. Well, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today thank you so much for coming on and being our guest thanks so much so before we go just a quick reminder that i'm opening up ancient breathing 2.0 my six-week course on pranayama there's a few special bonuses that you can um, take advantage of when you sign up today and when you sign up this week i'll be closing the registration on february 21st and our first live class will be on february 27th so sign up to ancient breathing 2.0 i would love to have you in the program we'll study the hatha pratapika we will look at all the ancient breathing practices all the practices in the hatha pratapika that are traditional pranayama practices as well as kriya bandhas, some mudras and asanas in the bonus modules, as well as Sri K. Patabi Joyce's Pranayama sequence. So I know you're going to love this course. It's a great way to develop your own pranayama practice, to study with me regularly. We have live classes and there's also a whole entire uh, pre-recorded library of videos and audios and PDFs to help you develop your own pranayama practice, your own breathwork practice, and you'll receive direct guidance from me at the end on your personalized practice. So I'm excited to have you join me inside Ancient Breathing 2.0. Head on over to my website. You can find the link in the show notes, harmonyslater.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing.